Now broadcasting on all frequencies to the ends of the earth and the limits of space. The Aging Millennials Podcast. sounds of the aging millennials welcome to the smooth sounds of the aging millennials podcast whether you're on highway 405 or it's good to have you with us <laughs> most likely on highway 75 so buckle up and hold on tight kids because we're going on a ride wsjt 94.1 that's <laughs> Gonna make people's glass break in their cars. <laughs> Aging millennia to uh, ninety-six point four. It's terrible. Did you ever listen? Like, were you a big radio listener? Obviously, you were. Obviously, yeah. When we were kids, that's all yeah. we had. But talk radio. I used to when I would go to work in the morning. I would frequently listen to Howard Stern. Howard Stern, but never like uh, Calta. Yeah, I've gone through periods of Calta, but he was way later. I'm talking about like back yeah, in the day, yeah. like when I had my first car, you know, yeah. like 20 yeah. years ago. We, we used to, <laughs> <laughs> we, me and my brothers used to watch How, the Howard Stern show on E. That was like at night. That was our big uh, Yeah, he would do a lot, of, uh, a lot of butts and farting <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like pretty edgy. Edgy humor. Yeah. yeah. Shock jock. Yeah, it got to a point there where it was like, in the beginning, you were saying things that you like should have been able to say, but they weren't letting you say, and you were saying it and getting away with it. But then after more people could get away with more stuff, then you were just trying to get away with saying stuff that you really shouldn't even say. Yeah. Well, there, there was something revealing to it of like, that, that's what the everyman wanted to listen to. You know what I mean? Like, he was the voice of the everyman in terms of what they wanted to know like about... It like was in his attitude. He wasn't afraid of anything. But that's what I'm saying. It's like there was no there was no filter. Yeah, he right. Was, he was raw and re- and real. But anyways, he's still going. Howard Stern still has a. Radio but it's show. not even. I I've tried to listen to it and I've not found it possible. He he just banter's about <clears throat> uh, current events. It's just like he's got this cast of like kooky characters. Robin, is still just, in the you know what it is? They're just making fun of people constantly. That's yeah. the whole show is making fun of people. Like, I mean, I guess if you're a kid, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. I mean, I I used to really enjoy listening to him, like in the '90s or in the early <laughs> 2000s. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So talk radio, yes. Uh, I guess it's a podcasting. You know, Joe Rogan is the biggest uh, uh, name around. Um, Rush. Joe Link. Rogan is the man. You know, he, he really took over everything. He is the number one show. He streams like each show is like hundreds of millions of times. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how much he gets through. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I used to ju- I used to actually be a guy who listened to the AM radio waves just to date myself. I used to know this guy in college. His name is Joe Roth. Yeah. Holler Joe, if you ever hear this, get in touch Ooh. with me because I have tried to find you and I can't find you. It's my buddy when we were at Florida State. Yeah. And he would listen to NPR constantly. <laughs> like in his house, he didn't have a TV or anything. He just had, you know, like you got a little alarm clock radio. Mm. Um, those are actually great radios. They're really easy to like deal with. They always work. You don't have to like plug anything into them. So you just flip that on. You got NPR going. Like for a car ride, for a long car trip, NPR. Well, NPR is my source of news on my morning uh, Alexa. Hey, Alexa, what's the news? And she gives me the NPR mm-hmm. streamline. So I love me some NPR. You know what I, re- I love? But it's like our BBC, kind of. They're playing them in uh, reruns now. Oh, but yeah. they, they used to play them on Sundays. And it was this guy and his brother. Yeah. Uh, and they did like a, a how to fix cars. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Not not really. There were these Boston, these guys with these really heavy Boston accents. 
and they would just every Sunday, like <laughs> around like after church time, it was like an hour, and they would come on and banter, and like people would call and say like, yeah, you know my my uh, Honda, you know Civic making a weird sound, yeah, and then they would like joke around and solve their problem. This was on NPR. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, I wasn't that dedicated of an NPR. Listener. I went through a very heavy NPR period. <laughs> wow. Don't Royal. care for the game shows very much. <laughs> See, I didn't even know NPR had all this. I just oh, I got fresh air. I thought it was just, Jerry Gross. I thought it was just talk talk shows and, and news. It's news like on the hour. Right. <laughs> and I think it's actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like BBC News or something even. Or, or maybe that's a separate one. NPR I think, is like our BBC. Because I listen to BBC, the BBC a lot too for news. It's great. Yeah. Well, we uh we have some breaking news on the Aging Millennials podcast. Oh, you're doing it like that? Yeah, <laughs> on the hour, <laughs> uh, on the day. It looks like uh, John's going to be aged a little bit more. I will be incurring some uh, further aging. Yes. Uh, you know, I once heard a bit by a guy named Jim Gaffigan. He goes, "Hey, you know what it's like having multiple kids? Imagine you're drowning. No, imagine someone hands <laughs> you a baby." <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. John's gonna have a little another asshole. Yeah, that was what around. a what an introduction to a new <laughs> to the announcement of new life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, everyone likes to. You know, I was talking with my mom about. It. I told mom, hey, John's having another kid. She's like, oh, you know, great, awesome, great. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're a little nervous about it. He's like, gosh, he's like, you millennials like talk about having another kid. Like, like it's such a big deal. Like we just had multiple kids. Like it was just like whatever. I'm not kid. like I'm not like that nervous about it. I am. Like I'm as as nervous about having a kid as is probably normal to be nervous about. Yeah, it. yeah. Obviously, you're gonna be a, a little bit nervous. You're having to right. bring a kid into the world. You you're know? doubling your kid count. Yeah, right. one to two. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, exciting though, right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Your your family's growing. Cool to see that. I know. Uh, it's been a, it's cool for me as your friend because I I get a total trial run before if I ever want to get into this myself. So I get you, I get to you see think, e- you think you're getting a trial run. I get to see Matt. everything, but you have no idea. I'm plotting my you my s- own. You future. see merely the tip, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Yes, the proverbial iceberg. <laughs> I walk in sometimes and I can feel the 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 tiredness of of you and your wife. Um, I, I think it. I gotta be honest. I think you're painting it in a little bit of a negative light. No, I don't think that. Like, no, there's I, a, how there's many a times do I have to say? Of, how many times do I have to say you have a beautiful family, you have a beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, vibrant little girl, and you're creating this wonderful scene? But you know, it's a lot. But you're like, I enter too much fear and nervousness. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, a know, natural, you know. a natural amount of fear and nervousness. There is. There really is. No feeling like, like we went went to the ultrasound the other day. It's like when you see that. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's just like crazy. Whoa. You know, it's a really wild life is is created. Yeah. It's a wild experience. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, I'm sure, you know, that's going to be a interesting. There's this little dude in there. Yeah. In your wife's belly, and he's like. Chilling. Yeah. He's like squirming around. He's got little legs and little arms and stuff. It's mm. like, it's it's completely conceptual up to this exact moment when they go, and it's like you're looking at it. It's yeah. real. You know what I mean? It hits you like that. But you know what I think it brings us back to is that that we were once those things. Like Everyone. The, the circle. Like you, you look and you go, but wait a second. You grow up and time it starts to blend. You know, you get older, you're like, I am this older thing, and you forget about where you came. You came from Everyone. your mother, and we all came from our your mothers. mother built you inside of herself. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the aging millennial zone. No, but anyways, uh, I think it's a cool thing, and uh, you know. The po- the bigger point is, you know, just millennials fret so hard about uh, thinking about kids and having kids and having the right person and, you know, all those kind of things. But, you know, in the end, um, family is, is the most important thing, you know, so. Yeah, you know, I was pretty happy, too, because I really didn't think I was going to be able to go in there, you yeah. know, with this coronavirus stuff. Oh, in the, the doctors? In the, yeah, because I couldn't go, you know, in the other one. Yeah. And so this sonogram came up, and I was, like, really thinking I was going to have to sit it out. Like, I've seen on TV people, like, 
oh, I can't go because, you know, my wife has to do it. I was planning on, like, walking around and, like, looking through a window or something. And just looking at the pictures or whatever. And just trying to, like... But then I could go in. They let me in with a mask. So I was, like, really stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It was, like, just yet another one of those things of, like, Florida. I love you. (laughs) You know? Crushing it, Florida. Florida and it's and and it looks like the rates and whatnot. Even though the, our strategy, like the infection rates, are going down, or I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even keep track anymore. I should, but I don't even. I don't. You know, it's hard. It's what's hard about it is that like when this first started happening, like in what April, right? The end of March, April, and it Mid- got middle of March. Yeah. Well, when it got crazy, where we were all shut home down was and April, everything yeah. was closed and stuff, the the rate like at which people were getting infected and dying at that point was like much lower than it is right now. <laughs> Whoa! So it's kind of like frustrating in a way because we went through all that for what? Then right? You're saying yeah. Did we? I mean, I'm sure it helped, but it was like a massive. Well, there was. I think there was a period of time there where they were uncertain of what, right. of what it I was. I think that's what it was about. So they yeah. were going, "Whoa, we need to be careful, extra careful, right?" Right. But it's just interesting to think about. Like at that point when we were all so super scared, yeah. and I was like, you know, getting gas and like holding my hand up and out the window until I got home to wash my hand. Like, I we were going crazy about it. Then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've become. I think like uh, we talked about earlier where. You're either a person who got it or a person who didn't, and the people who haven't got it yet are becoming extra bold. And I think that... Uh, I, I am seeing more uh, more boldness in the world so about So I it. wonder if uh, nature will humble us, if because we'll all eventually get it, and we'll be like... God, well, nature will humble you. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's for sure. Every man is humbled. In some yeah, way, in nature some way. humbles us all. <laughs> Not everyone. Some, uh, pe- some people live as gods and kings until their death. Until their death. Well, right. The okay. ultimate humbling. The ultimate equalizer. But yeah. What do you think happens after you die? Anything? So, Black? I mean, yeah, if you, you want to let me go off here, I can... Go, hit me. What do you so, got? The moment of passing, the image of who you thought you were a.k.a. the ego dissolves away. And your brain's projection of yourself fades away and blends into the energy source of nothing. So basically, you realize your entire life was your mind's projection of itself. And that you really are, in the end, just a source of energy. So you are conscious. You have a or your conscious being after you're dead. There is an awareness inside of you that never ends. Yes. Is and the awareness but that it is remembers not, but life. It is, but it is not John Johnson and it is not Matthew Sparks. And so what relation has it to what you were when you were alive? That, Does it remember? That is the question. I don't think so. No. I think that's but that's that's the beauty of it, I think, is that in that moment of passing and it all dissolves, that you realize we're all the same. We were all freaking. Well, nir- Nirvana. That's what Nirvana is. But we were all freaking about our own little individual thing, but we all end up in the same energy pool. And it, what, what were we freaking out about the whole time? The loss of consciousness. But it, 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 in the end, though, is what my, my theory is that it's not real. You're, the idea of consciousness in your brain you're, is, is just a, a construct. It's who you, but it's who you are because of your actions and experiences. Which, that, what are your the, your individualism? I think all that goes away. I think that's gone. And but so, that's just my I mean, theory. it might as well be like so. I mean, instead of blackness, it's light. But the idea is the same that it just ends. You will have no recollection of this, and you will have no individuality. You will have no. I think there's. I think there's probably. It depends on how you die. I think too. You know, it's like uh, I think if there's a slow transition, there's like okay, you take your last breath. Okay, your heart stops beating. Okay, your brain stops working. There's like that transition period to that where it all dissolves away. And it's like ghosts? 
not necessarily like ghosts. It's like a, think of it like a big pool of energy of people of souls. Like your soul is a source. But, but is it? Is it? Yeah, but so, is like, but it has no. It has no. It is not unique. That's a good question. That's a good question. That I that that I don't know. I sometimes is I your is. Do you have a soul? Yeah. Yes. And is it unique? That's a good question. I don't know that how to answer that. I think I think the soul is it's like a big pool. Like our all of our souls is like a big pool of light. We all and they are all extensions of God. You know, each soul mm -hmm. is a is a piece of God, and right. all of our souls combined make up God. That is what God is. I think that's fairly on the mark. Somewhat. I think I think like depending on you know little technical I mean I think that's the general idea that you go you, you you go you know to this sort of singularity yes a wholeness it, it, a wholeness and it is one of like great great light yes and the journey of this individual human life is to tap try to tap into that but connectedness now here's where I really kind of follow along a little bit on Buddhism and mm. and, and that because in those Eastern religions, when the soul attains that oneness with this singularity of which we speak, you attain nirvana, which is the end goal of a journey of many lifetimes through which the soul makes good or bad choices and ascends or descends in the hierarchy of goodness in karma fascinating concept fascinating concept to me and you know the idea that of pure nirvana like while you're still in your human body of transcending your your construct of your ego in this in this survival instinct and tapping into that what we're talking about this pool of connectedness this energy while you're still here in your body and now all these little thoughts about I am Matthew Sparks. I am hungry. I need to survive. I need more money. I need. I'm scared. Uh, I'm fearful. I won't be loved. And all of that goes away. And then boom! It's like the Matrix moment. You know, like when Neo's in the Matrix and he's like, "I get it." And like he starts seeing the code. You know what I like to think of though? <laughs> yeah. Like, it makes me happy to imagine that I'm sort of my soul is floating through the ether. Mm between lives and between worlds mm. like with other souls to which it is friendly or kin to so that as you go through your lives like maybe there really is a group of like souls that you continually are around does that sound crazy like no not at all there's a theory out there that you your soul cho chooses your mother to be born into so your soul finds the woman but like, what if you're just a pack, a bunch of packs of souls going around? But in the sense of what, like your in the sense of like like friends? a community, yeah, like a like not everyone, like some people have none. But, but for example, it's like, but that plays with the sense of fate of like, say our you know we're good friends, say we our souls were like, hey, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to that lady, I'll go to that lady, we'll cross paths at that spot, we'll find. No, I don't think you could plan it like that. I think it's more of like more cellular almost like like you're just attract there's an attraction you know what i mean like there are certain other souls that you just connect no, and lock it. with and sort of go i mean it's it's way way out there I'm but what about it's something it? that makes me happy to contemplate that like maybe the people that are in my family and my friends like i have known before and will know again i like that idea but then and what about what about on the reverse side about people who are drawn to the dark so, like like who 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 dark souls that attract yeah well there's dark souls dude for sure now the soul itself is not dark but you know i don't know you know what i mean like I the soul, it, souls are pure but they can become corrupted yes some but there's there, there's different ideas about that that the you corrupt the the so a soul, with your a human, soul in itself with your human is brain. inviolable it is pure and light. unchangeable it's pure light but you muck it up with your well you could say you could say any darkness that happens in life is a result of the surroundings of life on earth 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe there were no souls coming into it, but just the circumstances in this life were such that it catapulted them into the darkness. Yeah. But it, then once they died, then that soul would just be Well, no, no, no. You it's there's there I mean we're we're parsing terms in the end because you, you can become like say spiritually sick. Like where So you, you could go through several lifetimes uh well, struggling. You, you're suffering, yeah. Right. You suffer before you attain like the knowledge and, to move on, and your soul becomes connected again, rather than isolated and in pain. Right, right, right. So it's all it comes. Right. I think which, which ultimately connection. If you think about it, if the ultimate end goal is the singularity, if the more connected you were to other souls or other things for the longer period of time, the better, because you would just be closer to ultimately clumping into the great ball of light and then when that time comes you're not so scared you're like oh yeah i've already been doing this it's so th that's what i think is that moment of passing when you die when you look back right, when just, you look what really mattered you know so could you say then the people on this earth who have the most friends and the most family and community are those closest to god in a sense except the ones who live more selflessly for their friends and family, meaning they 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 live outside of their own needs and and thoughts and yeah. Selves. Well, that but that will ultimately gain you friends, right? Which would then, you know, add to your spiritual growth, right? Selflessness and connection, but it's a slippery slope because you, pure selflessness. I mean, it's not for me. No, not for me either. You I'm know? not there yet either. But yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying, not not to to your own detriment, but think about even if you look at all the great religious figures, even if you go to yeah, they're all selfless completely, selfless to the point. Look at Jesus sacrificed mm -hmm. his life for the people. Yeah, the Buddha. Yeah, I don't even know what happened to Muhammad. Who knows? Well, he died, and then and then Islam split into two factions. Uh, which had to do with who his successor was. One faction, and that's the Sunnis and the Shiites. Shiites, yeah, which are still warring as we speak. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how that happen, happens with religions? They splinter so fast. And so deep. So deep. <laughs> like Martin Luther like uh -huh. nails the thing on it, and now we have 60 uh, sex, you know, sex. Yeah, of, there's a, there are a lot of Christianities. There's so many. One of my one of my favorite trips. I always say favorite. That's that's overbearing. But a good trip to take was to Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm, yeah, the yeah, that's cool. To go see like the temple of the Mormons, and they're really cool in terms of they're really like like uh, community minded people. But it's really from an outside perspective, like whoa, that's a little out there. It's uh, it's out there. It's not. I mean, it's not as. But they're good people. They don't mean any harm. I mean, it's honest. I mean, it's not that out there. It's not. It's not arguably not any more out there than a lot of other religions. I'd say it's on par. Well, it's a step above like Scientology. It's, it's kind of like a, a little hard to believe, you know. But I could see how Jesus turning water into wine is hard to believe too. He was magic, right, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, guy, whatever. He dug up plates. I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, it's some. It, Crazy thing happened, supposedly. Joe Smith or whatever his name is. It's like Joe something. That's the thing with with Jesus though, as as compared to say the Buddha. Like, I don't think any of the Eastern um, religious figures like had powers. Hmm. I don't know. I know the Hindu, I know Hindu. They believe in multiple. I'm, multiple I'm leaving values. one out. Well, there's there's Buddhism and Islam. So Islam was the one with the guy sitting under the tree, right? Or is that at the Buddha? Buddha under the tree. Yeah, I think that's Buddha. There's like yeah, and he, he, the guy was oh, a wealthy know. son of a wealthy person. He was like a wealthy, well-to-do man, and he gave up uh, all his. I personal. think that's Buddha. I think yeah. But he didn't have powers. No, not that I know of. But now Islam, but they, what's but the Islamic uh, central figure? Muhammad. Muhammad, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Muhammad is the one who his successor split between Sunnis and Shiites. These, these are all ideas of the reincarnation of God into a man's body. So 
So that's what Jesus was. That's Jesus. No, they, but that's not what Buddha was. That's not what Buddha. That's was. not what Muhammad. Buddha was. was a man who found Nirvana. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Correct. Right. So a complete release from the body while on Earth. You know, like when a Jedi like just disappears, but their clothes are still there. <laughs> More like when a Jedi is able to like, like move things, move things with this, <laughs> have lightsaber fights without losing. He has ascended, or when he can, uh, when he's he can, on the astral when, plane, when he can Jedi mind trick people. Yeah, Jedi's are dope. Jedi's are pretty cool. Jedi's are the dopest. <laughs> you coming out with the new Star Wars? Not for a while. Did you watch the Mandalorian? No, I don't have Disney Plus, but I'm thinking it's good about show. it. Really good show. I mean, it's like uh, Pedro Pascal is a G. It's about Boba Fett, isn't it? No, it's about a uh, bounty hunter, but not Boba Fett. Yeah, I'd be into that. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I've been on a real Star Wars kick lately. Watching The Mandalorian. Yeah, I just got. I've got reinvigorated on it. You know, it's really based on. It's very religious. Based, I think, like the the central figures and stuff. It's like the Force, and <laughs> <laughs> like it has. You know what else I love? Jesus uh, is. I think I've, we've discussed this before, but the Harry Potter stuff is pretty cool too. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've talked about it for sure. I love that Harry Potter stuff. It's and in both cases, it's like this world, this universe that somebody created. That is almost infinite. Like it's it's a world that they created. That stories have been, are being, and will be told in and about. It's not just one story. No, it's a whole world that's created for sure. But uh, the whole thing, obviously, the series is called Harry Potter. Is created around a central character that is, first of all, born with an innate like. Like he, magic, like he is in real. He can move things with but his he mind. He's special. He's right, re- special. He, he is reincarnated to be the one, the one. It's just chosen, and he is seeking salvation, and and he shall find it. <laughs> you know, so that storyline, humanity loves it. And not only that, he, Harry Potter's mostly he doesn't really have a dark side. Um, he does stupid little. Yeah, things. Yeah, he does. Like, he, you know, he loses his temper now. But he's again. like a good guy, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a hero. Yes, yeah. Like, uh, well, that's what's cool with Star Wars, though, is they're not all, like he, always heroes. But the like, Jedi's are though. No, not if they go to the dark side. That's what I'm saying. It's oh, like a fall change. of man thing. Has anyone like ever... Harry Potter's like the hero from the beginning? But... Like maybe he stumbles, <laughs> but he's always the hero. Right. Like in, in Star Wars, like the hero like falls and becomes evil. I like though. You know, one thing about the Star Wars I always thought was interesting is that. If you go to the dark side, your powers can theoretically be stronger. Well, I mean, that's the whole entire thing, ultimately. That's what every <laughs> single story is about, is like the struggle of the light and dark side, which is stronger. Yeah. You know, yeah. that lightning that comes out of their hand, that's strong stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's that whole Star Wars whole thing, is that like sometimes people go to the dark side. It's inevitable, man. It's going to happen, and it's for and it's for like arguable reasons. <laughs> you know, like they show them the whole way, like what made that happen. It's like, well, you know, he was worried about his wife dying. So he wanted to learn how to keep people alive. But, but sir, but sir, do we have to destroy a whole planet? <laughs> <laughs> we need a we need another cool space odyssey. I agree. Well, uh, they're they're going pretty hard at Star Wars. Uh, you know, I always age myself even even Mr. Ryan Nolan was was calling me an old man because I did the music thing again. I'm like, I ain't no good music anymore. <laughs> I don't like anything on the charts anymore. I listen to classic rock and roll. He's like, oh, man, that sounds old. But I do the same thing with movies where it's like, of course, there's 60 trillion movies out now. Um, but all the major ones are remakes, I retreads. I tell you, the superhero movies never are end. not cutting it. They never end. They never end. I just Every time a superhero movie comes out, I'm like, I just... So every five years, we have a new Batman. We have a new Spider-Man. Now, you know what? Batman is one that I support, okay? And Spider-Man has done a couple of cool things, too. But all this malarkey with the Fantastic Four and, like, the Mr. Freeze or whatever, like, shut it down. (laughs) Okay, let's keep it to the main guys. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and leave it at that. 
Yeah. Three big ones. Well, I've been reading more, and it's been inspiring me to be like, well, I get, this is this is the time, man. You know, you if you don't like something, then create something. Like that's the thing. Is it's yeah, not, you don't you can't really complain unless you're willing to tr- step up and try and do contribute it. Contribute to the creativity of the world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing for me with life is like creativity. I know it is. Yeah, like man, people that have managed to like ha- find success at being solely creative in in like something of the mind like writing or painting or something like that is so impressive awesome to, to be able to like because to attain that level of of like skill you have to do it like you have to work already at something and then you have to gain that level of skill over and above your regular duties of life but i think at any creative outlet there's there's the two kinds of people there's the one that work at it almost harder than people work at their jobs meaning they put hours and hours of sweat blood and tears into it and and try to try, you know what i but, think there's very 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 few but guess people what who there's just are solely talent very few if any but there are and i'm mean, saying are there yes for sure name one in terms of a writer that's just anyone bl- writer like, artist uh you know, martial artist. I don't know anything that's Jimi Hendrix. Um, Jimi Hendrix worked his ass off. Jimi Hendrix was really like skilled at the guitar. Stephen King. Same thing. All of them worked their asses off. Yeah, I, guess I don't think right. you can name one like any famous artist who didn't work really hard, except like ridiculous, silly musicians who are terrible. Yeah, you're right. No, but so I mean, it, it, it speaks to the bigger point of we're saying it's just, it's like anything, you know, you put the time into it. But the thing is, a lot of people are putting the time into it or aren't any good. Oh, yeah, no, troves of them, <laughs> yeah. of us. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to keep trying, man. We got to keep going. Some people are just, it's almost like, you know, if you have really long fingers, that's great, but it doesn't make you a good piano player. Yeah, which good segue into, I just finished, Keith Richards' biography. Good one. Good biography. Good one. I love rock star biographies. I'm into them. That's a really, really good one. That yeah. One, I just, you know what? He did, he did the old thing, which always gets you where that they do in these rock memoirs. They open with like a crazy story. Like, I'm going down the road and my hat is filled with like yeah, three yeah, pounds yeah. of drugs. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, and then works his way into the they beginning. start after that then he starts at the boring part like oh this is how we met and all that. they always hook you with like a crazy rock and roll story the key is the key is to to a, a a truly good autobiography is that it's in the in the person's voice so you, it's, right so you, it he had a ghostwriter but it's it's a guy who hung out with the stone since the 70s and stuff so you knew keith really it sounded well. like a his guy voice. talking it sounded like keith talking like yeah. he was talking to you through the book but it showed me in that book again how, of course, he picked up the guitar. He was around music when he was a young guy. But you know, it was amazing to me. How they got lost in a genre like blues, and they just loved blues. Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker. You know, I just I have to I have to talk about it because how do you, how do you not like Keith Richards is indestructible. <laughs> Yeah, he's indestructible. His theory in the book is that one of the reasons he's still here is because he did really, really pure drugs. Like, dude, you see a photograph of this guy, and he's in his like <laughs> study, like with a pack of Marlboro Reds sitting on the desk. Like, yeah. he, this guy is just has gone so hard for so long. He was, but he I w- guess it's just about taking care of yourself. Well. He was a full-on heroin addict for decade, a decade, meaning like a junkie. Like, well, and I mean, the guy—not just a decade as far as the the drug stuff. I mean, Keith, Keith Richards, like. But I'm talking like he. If he's telling the truth in his book, I mean, he's talking about a decade where, when we say junkie, it's someone who lives only to do heroin. So, the, <laughs> so. They they wake up and do heroin and, and all they care about is the next shot of heroin. It's just like it's it's and when nice. they and when they stop doing heroin they get really sick. Yeah, real real sick. So and, uh, it becomes a race like of like shaky and 
So yeah. their whole life becomes a race of getting to the next hit of heroin. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's nice, like, not the not the heroin stuff, but like, I like that sort of archetype of like that we have that that's in the world, like the rock star, yeah. like Keith Richards, like uh, you know, the guy from uh, Aerosmith, you know, whatever. With Steven, the long Tyler. Name, Steven Tyler, like all these, you know, even like Billy Joel Armstrong, like all these guys, like rock, rock guys, yeah. you know, Tommy Lee. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing, though. It really showed me, you know, me and you love music and you are more a student of history music than I really well. I just sort of listened to it and whatever. But the break off point at the beginning of the 60s when rock and roll was born. So let's go even to England. Beatles and the Stones, the beginning of the 60s. Mm-hmm. He talks about in the book, like, they they were really a blues band that just kind of evolved into rock and roll. Right, well, rock and roll is basically Yeah, blues, blues whatever you want to call it. But rock and roll is electrified guitars on... and It's an electrified white guy blues. Oh, right, exactly, exactly. But he was saying when, like, he's never been more scared of anything in his life than the crowd of, like, these teenage girls... <laughs> like he he said he said in the early 60s like with the Beatles and Stones there these girls were so loud they couldn't hear themselves play and that he said he was literally afraid for his life I just heard this on the radio the other day you know that Beatles song where it goes she came in through the bathroom window you know that do you know what I'm talking about I don't think so no oh. well it's a it's a Beatles song where it's a common Beatles lyric that you just sing to yourself that you don't know what it means. Yeah. And it's about uh, <laughs> like this crazy uh, girl climbing into the window of their house. Like they're just like, they're like insectoid, almost like clawing in. Like that's what Keith it's said, just Keith, madness. That's, and Keith, that's what Keith is like. He's like, he's like, I used to wonder what are they going to do when they like get, <laughs> yeah. get to me? Yeah, it's not, it's and it's like they would try to grab and like rip him apart. Like, <laughs> it wasn't fun. What it would be is first they would try to rip at, your clothes to get a piece to yeah, have. Yeah, they were just trying to get a piece. Right, of but piece then of the once energy. he's standing there naked and they're all like there, what, 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 what's going <laughs> to exactly. happen? What are they going to do? What are they going to take his hair? Try and take a piece of his hair? Probably. He said one time it was raining and they somehow broke and got through to his hotel room and there was three girls in his hotel room and he's like, nothing happened. He's like, <laughs> he's like, and he's like, they're, they're, I just gave him a cup of tea and sent him on their way because <laughs> once they got in front of him, they're like, oh yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, like, he's you're, just a regular. <laughs> English we're gonna man. go. We're gonna go home. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I know uh, the rock star trope is really, really draws me in because it's a sense of this active. You're you're such a. Uh, it's a it's a le- it's almost a growing. It's a legend. It's almost like a, a like a sam like the samurai or something. Like it's a standalone, uniquely American like archetype that will go down in his like a night of medieval times or something yes you evoke such energy like Uh, you have created this uh, and it's like a guy with long hair wearing black with tattoos that's why that's why you know i think it's it'll always be reborn in some way or the other it it somehow becomes a good rock star the dj is uh dave grohl he is a rock star no doubt good rock but a little little less hard he he's a rock and roller you know and that's why i i think that he gets a lot he gets the respect he deserves he's a respected oh yeah big time i still think he doesn't have the magic yeah there is there's always when you see the food fighters it's good but it looks like the guy from the drummer from nirvana went and started a band (laughs) and and he, it's a little too wholesome yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You want, you know, Rocket's supposed Although to. Although Taylor Hawkins uh, is awesome. He's one of the best drummers there is. Oh, is that the blonde drummer? Guy? Yeah. I think it's Taylor Hawkins. Taylor something. Yeah, no, it's a very well put together band. They know what they're doing. And, anyways, a lot of respect for Man, them. That guy's a rock star. They're carrying the torch for rock and roll right now. Yes, they are. Kings of Leon also is coming out with a new uh, material that. I remember sitting in your house in uh, Tallahassee and watching that over and over. Red morning light. <laughs> I remember watching in that living room with Ryan uh, the Mannheim steamroller uh, video, the Christmas video. 
It's like a heavy, it's like a hard rock, like heavy metal Christmas. And it's like showing them like the Swiss Alps and they're like playing rock and roll. Man, I remember that one. Man, you know, I was sitting in my living room the other day and the TV was on MTV and music videos were playing. Really? On MTV? Yeah. And like I was like, modern music? Videos? Yeah. I was like, what, what is happening here? Like I turned it on, I watched it for a while, and like it was like me, MTV was playing music videos, like Taylor Swift, and it was and the the new uh, song from the Foo Fighters, War. Oh, they have a music video. for it. There's a music video for it, and it's on MTV now. Well, like, and it was like some other people too that I never heard of, but like, wow, I, I'm glad that's back. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I thought MTV was all reality. I love music videos. TVs, yeah, I mean, everyone watches YouTube now. That's the thing. YouTube is the source. I mean, people like kids still watch MTV. Do right? they? Don't millions of American teenagers I don't think watch MTV? I think teenage girls watch reality TV on MTV. Okay. Counts. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the boys are. You don't think American teenage boys watch no. MTV ever that, for any reason. I think they watch YouTube. All right. Aging Millennials poll. <laughs> if you know a teenager Ask them if they watch MTV. Yeah, I would like to know that too. That's and let us know the answer on our Facebook page. Or come on the show and tell us. Because we got to solve this. Remember MTV Spring Break? That was always a big deal. Um, I do. Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore. Tom Green did it one year. <laughs> Tom Green. He's putting his butt on stuff. You know what Tom Green's doing? He's got... He, he, the van? Yeah. Yeah, go Tom. Tom is an interesting cat. Love Tom Green. He just I saw his interview with uh, Norm McDonald. Like if you're <laughs> of our our generation and you didn't like laugh at Tom Green a bunch of times in your he life. He was outrageous. Like when you that movie Freddie Got Fingered <laughs> is so funny. Like Pretty just funny. think about the first time seeing it. Okay. Yeah. It's funny the eighth time seeing it. But Daddy, like Daddy, would you like some sausage? It's hilarious. Daddy, would you like some sausage? It's like jackass level hilarious. It's funny. But but I remember him. Being on the, he was the first to come out and do a purely outrageous comedy. So stuff that your parents would watch and go, "What's happening to the world?" Like, like when it was he, just a kooky when, guy. when he was humping a dead moose on the side <laughs> of the road, and and parents parents were going, "This is the end of the world." Like, this is it. Like, what? What? And it turns but to out us, to us, we were like, "This guy." It was, it was uh, a very low star. level. <laughs> yeah. Just, or what, but some of the things he did, like he went to his parents' house and he always did stuff to his parents. And but, but you, you know, they're doing a Jackass four now. That's fantastic. And but they kicked Bam Margera off <laughs> off the crew. It's like in a way, you know, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. I'll hundred percent watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's part of our youth. Hundred you know? percent. We can't get away from it. In a way, Bam Margera That's is... That's probably... I've never seen you laugh as hard as, as some of the Jackass clips. I mean, it was just the one thing that comes to mind immediately. <laughs> I went to see it when it came out with my dad and my friends at the movie. That's a good and, uh, father-son And experience. I think the first thing I remember seeing was like a guy literally pisses on a snow cone and eats it. Like, see, see, I don't like those ones. <laughs> I don't like, like that. When you're 14... And you watch a guy pee on a it's snow cone gross. and eat it. It's That's just, like the uh, like the greatest form of entertainment you could conceive of. It's it's a it's a gross out factor, but it's like in terms of being funny, it's just disgusting. <laughs> I don't like like the stunts. Those are the funnier ones, <laughs> not the gross oh, out. Man. Not the gross out ones. Yeah, the the um, it was. I mean, you had the show, and then you had a bunch of movies. They gave us plenty. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Back back when there was yeah the edgy I don't know TV. like how there's not still enough of a market for people that want to see that Dude, to make it worth it for them to do it not well, specifically the, the jackass there's guy. TikTok now yeah but it's not the same thing like as jackass was like that format has not been duplicated I'm, but I'm telling you I'm telling you watch okay there's a there's a podcast that I watch sometimes it's called your mom's house yeah and. They're, they collect all these outrageous clips of people doing outrageous things. Sometimes they're just crazy stuff. Sometimes it's people getting hurt. Sometimes it's a it's podcast, though. You just listen to them scream and writhe in no, agony? No, I watch it on YouTube sometimes. Oh, okay. When I'm at home, like a TV show. Oh, okay. okay. But um, I'm just saying there's all these things. It's just more loosely organized. Like, I, like 
you're not going to see on TikTok a guy put a toy car in his butt and go to a proctologist. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And ask wh- why you don't feel good. <laughs> he goes he goes to the doctor and the doctor goes you you have a little toy. <laughs> you have a little toy in your butt. And he goes he goes so what should I do? Should I poop it out? Okay, <laughs> goes. I think it would be good for you to poop it out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. I, I have no idea. I don't care. I don't care. But you know, it's not. And good. then he goes in the other room and calls his wife, and he's like, "These guys are in here. You wouldn't believe what he did. He stuck a car up his ass." It's uh, funny stuff. That's a funny. That was a funny one, for sure. I mean, the joy and laughter that I have got from Tom Green and Jackass yeah. are like immeasurable. They're like the Mozart of, of <laughs> Out, now, of outlandish comedy. Outrageous comedy. Yeah. Like if you were alive when Mozart was alive, you'd be like, oh yeah, Mozart, that's that's the best. I've gotten so much pleasure from listening to Mozart. Bring, bring a human being from Mozart's time and watch them, uh, let them watch a, um, a clip from Jackass. And boy, it. it would depend on the person. <laughs> because if you brought like a, a peasant, lot of people, would probably, would probably completely fall apart. Laughing or oh, for just freaking like out. Of, like if you took someone from any period, like in far past history, like Jesus's time, or even like Neanderthals, or like yeah, they would freak out. Even like not that long ago, like you know the French Revolution. Like it's probably not that different than say the 1700s. I mean, it's pretty different to the point where if you were like if a person was no. taken from there and put here, they would just like totally freak, freak out. out. They would freak. You know out. what I mean? Like if you took uh, a person from you know, 3,000 years ago, they would really freak out. But I think even 200 years ago, because look look at the rapid advancement, man. They would. Yeah, they but would... there were still, like, cities and people living in buildings. Okay, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, I'm talking about living in huts or living in, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a long, long, long time ago. I don't even know how many thousands of years ago. If they were just, were, but I mean, okay, when, when's the first time somebody spoke English? The version that we're speaking now? Like a recognize where if they came here now, they would understand us. I bet you 1800s. No. People spoke old Dude, English Dude, American back in the day. was declared independent in 1770. And they were speaking a different funky form of English. No, you, you could. It would, the Declaration of Independence is written in English. Read the Declaration of Independence. It's it's not uh, you could perfect get by. English. I'm saying, dude, you would struggle to. You would struggle. It would not be like smooth sailings. It wouldn't be. Let's say 1600s then. I mean, I'm I'm thinking. Shakespeare was written. Right. Yeah. When, when and what read was that? Shakespeare. It's hard. No, but it's read. You can read it and understand it. It's not. That's e- a good point. It, but that, that's not easy. You can't just read and understand it. You was have, Shakespeare written in English? In old, like old Eng- in English. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's you're an, right. He's yeah. an English writer. I was thinking like Italian for some reason. No, no, but dude, you read it and there's all these words you don't understand and like it's it's old English. No, it, it is it is difficult to slog through, but you can understand it. Guarantee you if I placed you in the early 1800s, you could communicate, but you'd struggle hard. Okay, I'm talking about what what point could you start like definitely being able to recognize like words? You know what I mean? Like the very like what? When was Shakespeare? Shakespeare's sixteen hundreds. Sixteen hundreds. Late fifteen hundreds, early sixteen hundreds. I mean, let's say. Wh- when did was English even old English? When did it start to be spoken? There was some. There was some point I thought like, towards like the year one thousand when Germanic tribes uh, mixed with other. Right. So we'll say, a thousand years ago. And it's not even a form of English. We could even. Like, there's one or two words. Like, think of Chaucer, like the 1300s. And even that, you can't read. And I've never read any Chaucer, to be honest with you. I, the Canterbury Tales? I never read the Canterbury Tales. But the, but that's a, that's a beloved book that's readable. But but you say readable, but try to read it. It's hard. Okay, it's hard. You need, you need, you need like, the, the annotated version to explain what things mean in it. Like it, that goes, hey, that means that, that means that, that, because it's like all these expressions. What was what was Dickens? The eighteen hundreds, right? Dickens was, yeah. I mean, that was like perfect translation. Like that's fine. Like you can understand Dickens fine. Mostly, yes. It's it's the version. Of it's English. like what sounds. He could be. He could have written it now, other than a couple of. Yeah, I mean, things. I don't know about that, but yeah. 
you can understand it, the story and the way it moves and flows. So at what date do you think like most of the people that you brought to the future would just completely wig out? Like how long ago would it have to be to completely blow someone's mind and have them just like fall apart and not even like be communicable and just be freaking out? I think, I think. I mean, anyone would probably be freaking out if they traveled in time exactly. at all. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. We're talking <laughs> theoretical here. But just the fact that they'd see all the lights and all the all the computer stuff, they would look at like phones and be like, that freaked that out, freaked them yeah. out. Cars. Uh, you know, that's the, like, it's a, cars changed everything. Imagine someone from like the 1800s looking up and seeing a, an airliner in the sky. That would look alien to them. They'd be like, "What?" Yeah, yeah it would blow. It would blow your mind. We figured out how to go in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but but I wonder if you would ever bring anyone uh, to the future and who who would view it like as dystopian, as opposed to that like, is oh my god, we're in the sky, yay! As opposed to like. What the fuck happened? See, that is a good question. Would they see it as would dystopian? It be, would it freak them out like in a dark way? Like, oh my God, what has happened? There's, like, some, there's some boomers listening out right now. They'll go, it is dystopian <laughs> right now. <laughs> this is dystopia. It's never as bad as I it mean, is. in many ways, it's it, in some ways, it, it is. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a lot scarier, probably. In what I mean, way? you have walk out your front door and you're almost immediately confronted with uh, steel uh, objects moving at like 20 to 80 miles an hour in front of you. Like it's like a very dangerous place if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, if you don't like know what you're Like more so doing. than it was in the, in the 1800s. I mean, the 1800s diseases got you. But you could kind of just like walk out your front door and yeah, well, it was like modern medicine was like, here, I'll drill a hole in your head to <laughs> yeah, relieve, relieve, on you relieve your headache. Or here, son, drink this whiskey. That'll solve all your medical if, problems. Uh, if you had to live in any period in history other than now or like the very recent past, wh- when would it be? What's very recent? Because I feel like that's that's a kind of a silly question. Me and you go back to, I would love to be at the advent of the 60s when it all got cool, like 65 and then I don't know. I think it would. I think it would be like meeting your hero. 70. Like I think it, it would be ugly and dirty, and you wouldn't like it. Ah, you know what I mean. Like it sounds like romantic, romantic, but I bet you if you went back to the '60s, it would be like a lot of like, you know, racism. Well, I certainly don't want to live through World War II. I certainly don't want to live through the Great Depression. I certainly don't want to live through World War One or the the or the maybe the Roaring Twenties would be cool. Uh, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to live through Reconstruction in the Civil War. Certainly, <laughs> I, certainly, I certainly wouldn't want to live through all that other shit before it. I mean, the Revolutionary War was really not that long prior. And I wouldn't want, I, I wouldn't want to be part of that. Yeah. That would suck. And then life was just hard and gritty before that. I feel like the best way, if you had to live in history, would be to live on some like isolated island like Hawaii during, like you know, any any <laughs> decade like before before they were like colonized dude hawaii is a paradise yeah even now like is. the native hawaiians had it made probably for a while you before go, it you, got all you like go, you go to a place like like maui it's just like oh, like yeah like just perfect everywhere that's cool yeah because it's pretty much untouched right there's not a lot of development there's a huge part of it untouched there's it's basically a big dormant volcano yeah and there's jungle land and black sand beaches and so, but there's like how much of it is like, like if you looked at it on Google Maps, it's brown because there's you know streets. The and whole right center of it around where that big volcano is is called the Road to Hana, and it's this big perilous road that takes you around the volcano. Yeah, and all of it's just nature untouched. And then on the other side of the island is where all the resorts and all the other stuff is. So, but like how much like if you're looking at well, first of all, it's Hawaii is what like. Seven or nine, something like that. Islands, four, ma- four or five major ones. Right. There's, there's only a couple. Oahu, ha- uh, Hawaii. Uh, but how much, how much of it is like big cities? Big cities is like only... deve- You know what I mean? Like urban areas or suburban areas. Not a lot. I couldn't tell you. I would say like, for the island of Maui, I bet you less than twenty percent of the entire landmass of the island is occupied. That's cool. 
But the thing about it is you're so away from everything on, you know, your, your six hour, your time wise, you're, you're distant from everything going on in the rest of the world. Yeah. Everything costs a lot of money because it's on an Island, you know, everything's right. more, <clears throat> I mean like a lot more, you're going to spend like, yeah, probably 30% more for, especially if you're staying in resorts and stuff. Well, I mean, I, I mean, cost of living, you know, if you live there. But I'm just saying, if you go on vacation to, to Maui yourself with your family, you're going to spend five grand for a four-day type thing. You probably can get away for cheaper, maybe. But if you're going to... Yeah, do- I mean, it's going to be a lot to go to go on vacation there. But I mean, as far as like... To live there? Like, yeah, if you live there. I mean, is it is it... It's probably, you know... You make you you have to make you a have to make amount. more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, I guess it's got its own little economy. You work at a resort and you make thirty bucks an hour or whatever. You make good money, but you, you spend it all to live there. But those people are happy as can be, dude. They they want to live in Hawaii, so they're like, <laughs> I wake up every day, I surf, I go to the beach, I eat pineapples and whatever. I you know they just do their thing. And there's like a like Hawaiian is a language, right? Isn't there a Hawaiian language? That I don't know. There's Hawaii, the Hawaiian like people. Like Hawaii Kaka stuff? Yeah. There's like Samoan. There's Samoan people. Is there. that what it is? Yeah. So I'd be remiss without any of the podcasts I get to say, yeah, I know you uh, um, are quite happy. And so is, uh, so is uh, Ryan Nolan out there for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think we should talk about this. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it'll upset you. You I don't know. Be happy. I, where do you get off talking about this? You should be happy. I'm trying to give you credit here. The things that you said, yeah, about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and about Tom Brady were reprehensible. <laughs> John John doesn't understand sports dumb fandom, and how I don't understand fandom, and and how did you hear that, Ryan? And I don't understand fandom. He, you know, he I, says he doesn't understand my fandom and and how hurt I was and. Anyways, if you don't like Tom Brady, how are you going to like him if he joins? Like, I didn't like him when he was with the Patriots. So why am I going to like him when he just the joins the team? The Bucks supersede your personal distaste of Tom Brady. Mm, mm, mm. Anyways, any way you spin this, you you won. Dave. I don't want to hear it. Okay, fine. I guess you don't have. You can't gloat. You can't sit. I'm not gloating. You don't have the I'm right. I'm giving you the credit. I'm giving. I'm giving you and Ryan the glory. You haven't. You can't talk about this. All right. Fine. You, I, you know, I may sound like I'm being harsh, but if I could read some of the texts, <laughs> you would be astonished, yeah. listeners. I, w- I went to the dark side. You went deep into the dark side of anger. Well, Ryan knows how to poke poke the bear, you know. So do you do you publicly take back what you said? No, I don't take back what I said. I still. I, uh, you know, you know the way my sports fandom works is that when you beat my team in a heartbreaking fashion, you now become my mortal enemy. So now do I not only hope for, you know, the buck, uh, let's not talk about it. That's what I'm saying. Because it's just going to sit here I look back and it's going to end in blows. <laughs> it's going to end in blows. Think about Because you don't come think into about this it house. This way. And crap on. Think about it this way: I'm a New York on the Bucks. I'm a New York Knicks fan, right? Basketball wise, you don't care about basketball. You are not a New York's Nick, New York Knicks fan, John. I've I'm never a New seen York you Knicks watch fan. New York Knicks. I've never seen you wear a Knicks gear yes, item you of have. Knicks gear. You have seen me never. Wear Knicks stuff. You're making Anyways, it up. I I have a Knicks locker in my office. So so in, <laughs> in 1999, Matt, Matt, I'm a Knicks fan. It's, Ridiculous. No, it's not. For you to have a Knicks, you're not a Knicks guy. I'm your. I'm. I know you. <laughs> over d- decades, you're. We're almost then best what, friends. Then what? Team? You're not what team? a big Knicks guy. And you have what, a Knicks locker in your office. I didn't even te- know you liked the Knicks. Then what team do? Then what team do I like? The f- the Packers, obviously. The Knicks if are, it drives you to to hate the Bucks, it's a different sport, John. The Knicks. Oh, no, what I'm saying. The Knicks are in the if NBA. You want, I know that you're a Packers fan. Yes. If you wanted to have a Packers locker in your office, I would understand that. But for you to have a Knicks locker in your office is absurd. All right. See, this is why we shouldn't talk about this stuff. You're not a Knicks, you not a Knicks how, fan. How are you going to challenge my fandom? Not a Knicks fan. <laughs> oh, forget it. John doesn't if understand. You're a Knicks fan, John, John doesn't if under- you're a Knicks fan, I'm a Bulls fan. 
You're not a fan of any, any NBA team because you just don't care. You watch the Rays, and now you like the Bucks. Now you like the Bucks. Oh, you know they're great now. Oh, now I like them. I didn't like them before. Well, you could care less about them. I think they were in the background. Right. Yeah. Um, now, now they're the Super Bowl. I'm gonna Super Bowl champs. I'm gonna swallow my <laughs> words because you're my friend. Okay. All right. But you're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> okay. All right. I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm trying to give you guys. I'm trying to give you guys a hey, congratulations! Doesn't it feel good? I, uh, I would like to thank you all for tuning in to the guy in Sweden. We see you out there. Thanks that guy to in Sweden, locked in, snarking and locked in, loading, flugin, firkin. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, bro. And um. You know, pretty soon we're going to have Trevor Muir on mm -hmm. he, in the flesh. He's going to be coming through town uh, en route to a speaking engagement in Fort Myers. And he's going to swing in here and uh, and uh, lay some teaching wisdom on us. Yeah, among some other life, things. Some life wisdom. Trev is always a good time. He's going to teach us how to teach our kids better. Yeah, and uh, you know the same with everyone else out there. We like uh, we haven't had a guest on in a minute, so let's do it. So I guess uh, as they come, we will have them. The harder they come, the harder they fall. Yeah, yeah, we kind of screwed up those last two phrases. Yeah, those yeah, were so. not uh, connected in any way. So uh, yeah, we'll end on that awkward note then. Okay, super. And see you later. Peace. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Aging Millennials Podcast.